0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome
1: on in to the Batting Order Beat Podcast. Your one-stop shop for daily, or not daily, but baseball content. I'm LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I have Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports Podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you?
0: LJ, doing good. What is this, live stream number four already? Uh, Pretty crazy, LJ. I mean, time has flown by since we first started doing these.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's a great way to kind of, as a college student, you know, you don't get a lot of Friday classes. So it always kind of feels like the end of the week, at Mm. least for me. So to get that Thursday content and obviously our last recording of the week to get this Thursday content out, and in such a fun manner is always great. And, of course, tonight we're going to have a tremendous guest we've talked to before, Graham Wallace from Jay's Journal, Blue Jays beat writer at multiple sites now, is going to be joining us talk about Major League Baseball, talk about the Blue Jays, and some other you know breaking news of the time. But, Brandon, before that, we're going to go ahead and now up to bat nonsense. Brandon, what's going on in your world? What do you have to say?
0: Uh, not much. All the world. I will be in New New Jersey for the weekend. Uh, Jersey?
1: what you doing in Jersey?
0: Gonna just be staying with a friend uh, for the weekend. I think we're hitting some motocross event on Saturday at MetLife Stadium. And I then, wasn't
1: aware you watched. You're a uh, motocross I, aficionado.
0: I am not whatsoever. Um, and then. Sunday, will be hitting the Yankees-Blue Jays game. Uh, LJ, unfortunately, it's looking like Clark Schmidt will be pitching for the Yankees on Whoa,
1: Sunday. Hold up, hold up, hold up. That's that's not a fair characterization here. Clark Schmidt will be on the mound. He will not be pitching.
0: Yeah. Th- uh, that's
1: something people who are effective at throwing the ball for strikes and avoiding the opposing team getting hits do.
0: Well, yes, he will be pitching. Um,
1: What else
0: is going on? Oh, yeah, the Yankees won today. Uh, How about that? Only team in the league to have not lost a series yet. Uh, Take two out of three from the Angels. You love it. In the game that you lose, Otani goes yard in the first inning. The offense was terrible that night. Jose Suarez kind of. LJ, you know, to use a term that we heard a lot around our high school fields, he was throwing him a chair out there, LJ.
1: throwing lots of chairs?
0: Throwing lots of chairs, to say the least. Uh, Let me pull up the live stream here on my computer on YouTube so I can look at questions.
1: Uh, We get those in the comments here.
0: Amazing, yes.
1: Oh, do you not? Do you get comments? I can never tell what people get on the non-studio side. I'm on the. Production. I get
0: comments like if I pull up the stream on YouTube, I can see the comments by checking that.
1: Well, okay. So you don't get them in Streamyard. That's too bad. No.
0: Why do we have a question?
1: No, we do not. We do not have a oh. comment yet. However, you know, it's just this is a good time to be, you know, sitting here and relaxing. Something I was not doing during the so- watching the Sox game today.
0: Yeah. LJ, it was a a getaway day for most teams, so early Thursday afternoon game. Uh, Take me through the Red Sox game, because I know the other night you guys had that crazy walk-off where they weren't sure if it was fair or foul, uh, you know, in the outfield, uh, but it ended up being a fair ball, and the Red Sox walked it off. Uh, How do we feel about the Tanner Houck performance today because lj i streamed him in fantasy and it it paid off for me
1: look the tanner how performance went exactly how i expected it precisely this was a guy who absolutely rolled we're talking about throwing chairs this was a dude throwing chairs and certainly you know not throwing a bat finder by any means through his first five that first round through the inning looked really good especially in those first four innings And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, you get a couple of dinky hits to allow a run there in that fifth inning, the first run. And I'm like, all right, that's a tremendous start. This guy was a machine. Let's leave it at that. All of a sudden I start seeing him come out for the sixth. I'm like, Oh no. And I'm sitting here and our upcoming intern, which we will start um, incorporating into our show in the coming weeks. So you're going to, Um, get to see that that's going to be a very exciting opportunity for us was sitting right next to me as he could see the panic visibly over my face as they continue to bring him out for the sixth and then the seventh and was rolling through those, you know, those are the situations where you shouldn't feel that bad, but this is a guy who we know that third time through the order is going to be rough. And at this point, I'm not really sure why they try to stretch him as often as they do with those. Like you're getting, it's one thing if you're not getting five or six out of the guy before he gets through the order once. But when you're facing the one and two hitters in the fifth, I think that's a good time to say, you know, at ease, soldier, maybe you get him, a, get him a day early so you can give somebody else rest too on the next run through the rotation. Who knows? But they didn't, they continued to let him, you know, go to his pitch count, pitch count was out. And for the most part, it paid off for them. But it's just – it's disappointing to see that two-run home run in the seventh, which he eventually, you know, gets out of the inning. But that's easily avoidable if they didn't put him in a position where he's not going – you know, he shouldn't be successful. It's kind of like – Brandon, I'm sure you've watched Summer Catch, one of my favorite
0: movies. Yes, one of your favorite baseball movies ever.
1: And so uh, it's – We got Chris Green here. Thank God nonsense is spelled correctly this week. Look, when you're running from back (laughs) to back shows and now three straight events, sometimes things slip through the cracks. Um, And the spelling of nonsense last week happened to be one of them. But that's also on Brandon. I mean, I feel like, you know, Brandon, you're a very busy guy, but you are usually you know prepared for these shows quicker than me. You could spell check these things too. But anyway, not to cast blame around, The point of this whole situation was how didn't need to be in that long and it was disappointing to see the outing end on such a bad note when it definitely didn't need to be.
0: Yeah, I was very happy to have streamed him in fantasy. That's that's all I'll say. Uh, Yeah, my fault. There we go. Um, But um, we've got quite a few other things, LJ, that um, I know that we don't specifically have topics for <laughs> that look at that what a what a comment from chris
1: lj Green. deflects oh. better than a career politician look it's the simple rules of debate talk shows yes it's a simple bit you're never wrong you can never be wrong so you therefore will never be wrong
0: lj um do you want to tell everybody the three topics we're going to be hitting after we do the interview with with graham
1: i will but I'm not going to show them just in case there are spelling errors. here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just Um, uh, tell us.
1: But anyway, we're going to (laughs) go into a little bit of the A's relocation situation as they have now purchased land in Vegas. I can't believe we're finally saying this. This is a topic we've been talking about for the last two years on this show. Things just again, to make you feel older and older, we had a segment at the end of our show today, actually, that had me feeling really old, Brandon, because I'm not sure if you've seen the news, but Jose Iglesias opted out of his contract with the Marlins this evening.
0: I did not know that he was still in the in the MLB. Um...
1: Yeah, he was obviously did not make the Marlins roster, opts out, and I was about to talk about how great a fit that is, and it's the the perfect, the only perfect fit for the Sox. And then all of a sudden, um, actually, it's Chris here who reminds me and honestly might have ruined my day with, you were a kid then, and that was 10 years ago. Mm. 2013, you know, that 2013 run was now a decade old. The Jose Iglesias era in in Boston, or at least the original Jose Iglesias era in Boston, is now 10 years old. But to be fair, there's been two great, There has been two great eras of Jose Iglesias with this team. It's a perfect fit. But we're going to be talking about, obviously, as we were saying before, the Oakland A's. And then the top three and bottom three starts to the season by teams. So I think Brandon certainly is looking forward to talking about some of these teams. I've got a couple in mind that we'll be going to. But Brandon, again, what's what else has been going on for you? What, how's your baseball experience been
0: today? Good, good. Uh, watched a bit of the Yankee game. Uh, I was out playing pickup basketball actually uh, this afternoon, and so I didn't get to see the start of the Yankee game. But certainly a great win for them. Nestor Cortez, really, really good once again. Uh, you know, we can have the Nestor Cortez conversation, but everyone just thought
1: Nestor Cortez conversation.
0: Yeah, everyone just thought that that it that last year was a fluke and that you know those of us that watched knew that that what what he does is so unique that he was always gonna be good once again this year. So love to see that. Uh let's see what else in terms of baseball stuff. Um Trying to think. I, I was watching quite a bit uh Wednesday. I watched quite a few games. Yankees had the walk off, of course. But uh yeah, MLB Big Inning, LJ, if you subscribe to MLB TV, uh MLB Big Inning, they're live every day, usually at a point when there's a lot of games on. Basically like NFL Red Zone, but for the MLB Uh and it's daily and it's really cool. I like it a lot. Uh, And I honestly wish that they would run it for longer. Uh, It's usually only for like two or three hours. Like I wish that on the weekends when there's games on all day and night, I wish that they would run it the whole day because quite frankly, a red zone style show for baseball, you don't really need a host. If they were just switching back and forth for the, in between the games, just using the commentators, it would be totally fine because just by looking at the score bug and just seeing what's going on, it's not hard to really figure out what the situation is, especially when you can do things like quad box and stuff like that, which MLB beginning does a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if you wanted to have somebody in there, it's such a limited compared to like red zone. It's such a limited amount of things you have to say. And really everything you have to bring is energy. Like, yeah, going live you don't really have to be on the X. That's all you'd need to do. And then you can cut to that live feed. You could get an intern to do that. Yeah. And they would be do just as well. A summer intern. Can you imagine if that was your summer internship was.
0: That would be great. Be
1: the big day host for Major League Baseball. That's just such an oppor- awesome opportunity. But overall, that sounds like a great thing to have to be able to have a show just like red zone for major league baseball certainly works a lot better than doing it for the MLS where you can't get into those high leverage situations. Like (laughs) baseball, it's all about the high leverage situations and a situation, uh, not situation. I keep saying it. Um, Now it's stuck in my head. A show like that is really going to take advantage of it. Well,
0: So there is one for the MLS? Is that what you were
1: saying? Yeah. uh, So when they move it over to Apple TV, they put all of the games for the entire league on at the same time. So you can only watch one game live on Saturdays. And their thought process for this was, okay, we can do an NFL Red Zone-esque show. But with soccer, so much of it is like so many scoring opportunities can be you know, 30-second windows where the attack finally builds up very quickly. So, yes, you can get some interesting corners and you can get some interesting times where there's been a, a team set in the offensive area for a very long time. But so many of them are going to end up being...
0: They're just going to miss the goal. Like They're going to miss the
1: goal. Yeah. They're going to be playing, you know, rewind footage constantly. It's been a hot mess. But as we approach 930 here, we've got an old friend coming on in here graham welcome back to the show how are you
2: hey lj brandon uh, doing well thanks for having me on
1: so go ahead and you know talk about yourself a little bit i know this isn't probably the easiest uh conversation point to bring up right to start but tell us a little bit about your story here in sports content
2: yeah uh so you can find my articles over at jaysjournal.com. We got a really solid team of writers over there uh led by our site expert Eric Troyden uh, we had a bit of a shakeup there uh several months ago we had we had two co-experts and, and they actually both kind of left at the same time um I thought about uh taking something like that on but um you're you guys wouldn't believe how many articles you're expected to uh, actually, uh, produce at that level. Um, so once I found that out, I was like, "I'm, I'm good being a contributor." Um, so we had a bit of a leadership change there, just just the one uh, site expert. But yeah, we got a lot of content there. Uh, you know, obviously Blue Jays centric stuff, but um, sometimes we'll write about other baseball things and then just kind of spin it in a kind of Jays manner. Uh, so yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, no longer with Belly Up Sports. Uh, I know. You guys are still there with the podcast network. I just um, – it, it wasn't working uh, as far as uh, the amount of articles they were looking for. Uh, so sometimes it's good to, to do one thing uh, – really well. And if you can't do that, uh, <laughs> just do one thing as well as you can, I guess. <laughs> so that, that's kind of what I'm, I'm doing. Uh, still friends with a few people over there, no hard feelings. It just sometimes it's better to be honest with yourself and, and, and the people. and just like, I can't, I can't do that uh, many articles, like six or eight articles for Jay's Journal and then two, or, two to four for, for them. It was just getting to be a little bit too much. So I kind of pared it down in a bit more of a singular focus now, if you will.
1: Certainly fantastic. What got you into writing about the Blue Jays?
2: Uh, I mean, lifelong fan. Uh, Going back, I'm going to age myself a bit here, but, you know, to the days of uh, Tony Fernandez, Ernie Witt was uh, definitely one of my early favorite players. Um, And I think I wanted to be a writer for a lot longer time than I've actually been a writer, if that makes any sense. Uh, It it was kind of the 2020 season when, you know, I, I wasn't, working like a lot of people. Um, so I just started to, uh, write things in my notebook, uh, about the Blue Jays in that bizarro, uh, 2020 pandemic 60 game season. Uh, and then I kind of parlayed that into, you know, hitching on with, with belly up, uh, was able to be- become the beat writer with them, um, put together a little portfolio, if you will, uh, of, of articles there. And then I was able to kind of level up, uh, if, you know, if you will, uh, you know, to, to Jay's journal, which gets uh, quite a bit of traffic uh, as part of the, like, fan-sided network. So um, it just kind of, you know, I, I've always been a fan. Uh, I feel like I know a lot about the team and a lot about the sport and just happy to share uh, the things I see and the things I'm hearing and, uh, you know, a couple opinions in there every once in a while as well.
1: Right. So overall, What are your early takes on this Blue Jays team this year?
2: Yeah, uh, it's pretty much, you know, what I expected. Um, There's been a couple of bumps in the road. Um, You know, Chris Bassett's first start is one that comes to mind and the first uh, handful of pitches in his second start. Uh, But he's really been able to figure it out since then. Um, Actually, the starting rotation has been really up and down um you know he he's had a nice bounce back and then you think Gosman. he was really solid to start but then he got lit up uh monday night in houston uh minoa has been shaky in three out of his four starts uh the big question mark uh was say kikuchi but he's actually been pretty decent uh in his first three starts um he got lit up a little bit in La- uh on the west coast there but he actually probably deserved a better fate uh Dalton Varsho dropped one in the outfield. He ended up giving up six runs. It easily could have been maybe three or four. Um, And who's the other guy I'm missing? The guy who pitched last night, Jose Barrios, uh, you know, he's the big money pitcher. They gave up a couple of big prospects for him and they they re-signed him. He you know, he led the league in in hits allowed, and I believe home runs allowed. The American League last year he had an ERA over five. Uh, but he's looked a lot better over his last couple starts. Um, the offense has a different look. You got uh, more speedy guys like Whit Merrifield. I've mentioned Varsho. Kevin Kiermeyer has been a revelation with his uh speed and his defense. The the fan base has really taken uh has really been fond of him. And then you've got the 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 same old gang of you know. Uh, upstarts with Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, you know, play, players like that, exciting young players, uh, some some veteran guys mixed in there like George Springer. And then, you know, Matt Chapman, who for my money, I might sound like a home right now. I think he's been the best player in the majors this season. Uh, if you look at his offensive numbers uh, with the home runs, uh, the extra base hits, and you're always going to get the stalwart defense. So 11-8, uh, and eight, uh, not a fantastic start, but certainly a solid one, and everything's kind of um, – still there for them uh, as far as, you know, being on track to, you know, achieve their goals.
1: I think the Blue Jays really put people on notice when they went ahead and made that Dalton Varsho trade back in December and then continued to add on it with guys like Brandon Belt, guys like Chris Bassett, guys like Kevin Kiermaier, as you mentioned, what is your favorite move of the offseason?
2: Wow, that's a great question, uh, LJ. I, I'd probably go with with the first one you mentioned there. I, I, I remember it vividly. It was a couple of days before Christmas. Um, I was able to leave my job early, which was was great. It was a snowstorm uh, here in southern Ontario, uh, and then you know I kind of got home and you know I was just watching TV, and then that kind of came across my feed, and uh, it, it really had me excited because. Uh, You know, the Jays needed to get a bit more uh, lefty-centric as far as their lineup was concerned. Last year, they they only featured a couple of guys, uh, Kevin Biggio and Ramel Tapia. Uh, Neither one is going to scare you a lot uh, with the left-handed bat. And and Varsho brings also a really good uh, defensive player in the corner or center outfields. I believe he led the league in defensive runs saved last year. Um, And and a lot of power. So he's a multi-dimensional threat. Obviously it hurts to give up a prospect or I guess a young player, not a prospect anymore Gabriel Moreno. Um, but you're going to have to do that. Uh, if you want to get a young controllable uh, player who seems to be ascending Uh Lourdes Gurriel jr. Was another guy involved in that deal and he'll be missed certainly, but I think they got better defensively. I think they got a little faster um, and, and they got a little bit more uh, versatile as far as their lineup is concerned. So um I know some fans had, uh, took them a little bit longer to kind of get on board with that one, Uh, but I was a fan uh, from the get go.
1: Yeah, again, it's a lot to give up, but I feel like we were one of the few people out there that really were hyping Dalton Varshow up right from the get go when he started to have that breakout last year. Certainly, you know, thrilled to see him in a bit of a bigger market than Arizona on the East Coast. That kind of leads me into this next question here. I'm interested to see you obviously living in Canada, your analysis of this East coast team is always clearly more marketable, more eyes on them than others. But do you feel like the blue Jays sit in a unique position being in Canada?
2: Oh, of course. I mean, when the team's good, uh, we saw it in 2019 with the Raptors. I know that's a different sport, but the entire country gets on board and it's really cool. You'll see people uh, from British Columbia all the way out to the Maritimes really get on board with the team uh, no matter what time they're playing. Obviously, there's a bit, there's a bit of a time uh, shift as far as uh, going to the different coasts there, but um, it, it really does the, – the, it does make it for a unique experience as far as the fan base is concerned. Uh, I've been to the Rogers center a couple times already this season, and there's a different feeling. Uh, I got to say, there's, there's been um, a high amount of, expectation and excitement around the team but this year it's a little bit different it's almost like we really expect uh to be uh, you know above 90 wins to be in that playoff uh to be in that playoff chase and and to you know win some playoff games actually this year um so it's a little bit tense for sure the vibe and the in the uh, in the crowd but it's it's that's what you want right you want to have high expectations you want to win and um so yeah, it's different from any other uh, team, I would say. Obviously, there's teams like you know, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox. They have that international flair, international appeal. Um, but Canada, it's just different because it's just so vast. And uh, like I said, you got people from Victoria all the way to uh, St. John's uh, rooting for the team. So it's it's pretty cool.
0: Now let me uh, ask you because you mentioned that you have been to the Rogers Center a few times this year. Uh, And there was quite a few upgrades done with the stadium, especially uh, I saw the big one in the outfield, what they did with with the wall and everything out there. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Is it is it a is it a much better experience uh, now at the park, do you think?
2: Uh, it depends on, on on what you're into, Brandon. Uh, for, for me, I went, uh, actually, this, not the home opening day, but the, the second game, there was a Vlad Jr. bobblehead uh, I wanted to get my hands on. I got there, um, doors open at, uh, gates open at 5.30. We got there before six, and I, I walked away empty-handed as far as that's concerned. So um, there's a lot of kind of mania around the team, and it, you know, it tends to kind of get to your anxiety if, if you kind of suffer from that at all uh you know the concourse is busy there's there's a lot of people at the bars and stuff like that um so if you're not into it you just go to your seat and you'll find there's a bit of a paint job on them and and you know the whole stadium has a bit, bit of a different feel and obviously the wall dimension uh, like you mentioned is, is a little bit different but if you know if you're into that sort of thing or if you're the type of person that likes to walk around or maybe you have young children uh there's something for you there there's um the park social, which has, um, like the giant Jenga, uh, you could play with and things like that. And they had free candy, uh, at the game there. I went to last time, uh, it was last weekend. Um, so I, I think they kind of tried to market it as, as something for everyone and a place where, you know, everyone feels, uh, included, uh, which is so important these days. So, um, you kind of got to go and see it for yourself. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever come up here to Canada, but uh, if you ever do, I would definitely say, uh, you know, you got to go and check it out. There's a lot to see. And I think this was kind of really brilliant. You can't check it all out in one day. So they want you to come to not just one game, maybe three or four games. And, you know, that's, that's marketing 101, right? So um, it's really cool to see on TV, but you, you got to experience it sometimes. And if you ever do, you got to let me know because I, you know, we could go to, we could go to a game together or whatever.
1: Absolutely. Keeping with this Canada theme here, let's move back a month or so. The world baseball classic from both a, I'm assuming team Canada fan and a baseball fan overall. What is your reaction to the event?
2: I loved it. I think it was the most exciting world baseball classic I remember watching. Um, I definitely watched the 2017 one um, a little murky be- before that. I, I think I watched the 2013 one, but you know, that, that's going back, you know, 10 years ago. So it's kind of hard to remember, but a lot of excitement. Uh, I think Canada did, did really well. Um, they were able to win a couple games. Uh games. You know, they didn't do very well against the United States uh, and they didn't do well against Mexico, but they, they were able to beat uh, great Britain handily and they were also able to, uh, Uh, beat Columbia. Uh, I think there was a couple of pretty good performances. Uh, Edward Julian, who actually hit a home run uh, for the Minnesota Twins the other day, was someone who kind of flashed uh, for me as well as uh, Blue Jays prospect Otto Lopez, uh, had really good tournaments. Um, So it was really fun to see. Actually, Great Britain was a team... I really enjoyed watching I you know when I first saw them against the United States I'm like this could be this could be a blowout it could be 25 nothing or something like that Trace Thompson hits the home run off the get go they kind of stay in the ball game for a little bit they make a few errors and you know. Buck Martinez on the call said, you know, if they didn't make these mistakes, they'd be right in the ball game. I think it was a six, two game or something. Uh, blue Jays prospect Jalen Rudd is a corner outfielder uh, for them. He's only 20 years old. He's playing in low, uh, sorry, a ball right now for the uh, Dunedin blue Jays. So he was someone who kind of flashed in that win over Columbia. So uh, just just a lot of hard, and they, they had that catcher. I can't think of his name, but he, he just had a wonderful tournament. He's a prospect for uh, Seattle, I believe. Um Anyway, so I, I think it was a really good tournament, uh, a lot of excitement, and it's big for Great Britain because they didn't finish last. Actually, Colombia did, so they get that that bonus uh, money, and, and they get an automatic entry into the next tournament, so that's huge for the development of baseball in that country, and a lot of these guys aren't actually from the UK. They'll be from the Bahamas or, or some other country, uh, but you know, they're, they're attached to a major league team somewhere in the minors, or they're playing uh, collegiate baseball, so some pretty good young players, and um, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a great way to kind of uh, get the, the juices flowing, if you will, and, and kind of get ready for baseball season uh, before actual baseball season.
1: For Team Canada, was the Freddie Freeman ad a uh, surprise for you guys? Or I mean, certainly I'm assuming a welcome one, but overall, what was your reaction to that?
2: Uh, well, that wasn't a surprise for me, LJ. I mean, he, he did play in, I believe, the 2017 classic as well. And if you know anything about his story, you know, his mom died uh, when he was at a young age. I think he was only 10 or 12 years old. And she was from, I believe, Windsor, Ontario. Um, so, it's always a, a sentimental uh, kind of thing for Freddie. And, and you know, we love Freddie uh, north of the border. Uh, you know, I know he's played on the Braves for a long time. He's a member of the Dodgers now, but we really consider him one of our, our own. And he's, he's steady as, as, as they come, but better than steady. Steady sell, sells him kind of short. He's just a class act. He plays the game the right way. I know that's become a bit of a cliche. Um, he got hurt uh, in that tournament, but it really didn't matter. Uh, we still had some other guys to step it, uh, step up. Tyler O'Neill, uh, a kid from around here, Noah Scuro, I believe he's from Burlington, Ontario, uh, pitched a, a dandy of a game against uh, Columbia. So, uh, to answer your question, no, that didn't that didn't surprise me at all. Uh, it seems really important for him uh, to represent for Canada for his mom and. Uh, you know, you, you never forget that. Uh, and it's, it's a really emotional thing. So um, we're, we're so happy to, to have him. We'll, we'll always welcome him with, with open arms.
1: Certainly. And kind of, you know, bridging these last couple topics here, Roger Center, um, World Baseball Classic, you mentioned Dunedin. I think last time we got to talk to you, the Blue Jays were still in Dunedin or maybe Buffalo. So yeah, what has it been like to finally get them home? Over this
2: last year and a half now wow so i remember 2021 when you know they first uh they, they played their first games uh at the rogers center since i guess it was excuse me 2019 they they played those games in you know dunedin and then uh buffalo Salem and field where the buffalo bisons uh typically play so that again it was very emotional uh that com- coming home moment obviously 21 they had a really good stretch run they finished one game short of the postseason Last year, um, they won one more game. They they got into that playoff series against Seattle, but uh, that went downhill. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement about the team. Uh, the fans have kind of tried to, like a lot of us, try to forget about three and two years ago and trying to, you know, move forward from that trying time. But um, I think I think these next level upgrades with the the stadium. This is only phase one, which happened this offseason. There's going to be additional ones to come in the next couple of off seasons, So I think it was a perfect timing for that. It's a team that's on the rise. It's a team that's uh, their fan base is is so huge. Like I said, and they missed them for um, you know the better part of two years or a year and a half or whatever it was. So. Um, it's, it's, it's really good timing. And, and like I said, it's just a lot of excitement uh, about the team right now, which is really cool to be a part of.
0: Brendan. Yeah. uh, Let's talk a little bit uh, about, you know, you, you kind of mentioned everyone in the starting rotation, but let's move to the bullpen because there was a pretty impactful move that Toronto made in the off season to go out and get Eric Swanson from Seattle. Of course, you have Jordan Romano there uh, as your closer, who's been really good to start this year and was uh, exceptional last year. Uh, past that, you know, there's a few familiar names uh, in there still, but how are we feeling? Because it seemed like in that playoff series versus Seattle, And I know that the circumstances are a lot, a lot different, but to bring uh, in, you know, Kikuchi out of the bullpen and just like I thought that the bullpen management was a little strange at times uh, there in the playoffs. So, you know, how how do you see this kind of playing out uh, past Romano and Swanson?
2: yeah, it's, it's a great question, Brandon. I think it was one of the the bigger question marks kind of going into the season um, and I think they did a targeted, uh, they targeted certain guys obviously Swanson was one, was one of them uh you give up the big bat in hernandez but so, sometimes some of the shaky outfield play and base running uh, they also got a left-handed reliever adam mako uh, who's in i believe high a right now uh left-handed guy uh so you know Swanson's a high strikeout guy which is what they were kind of missing uh from their bullpen other than romano uh Jimmy Garcia is another guy who's he's kind of trusted in that seven eighth inning role kind of kind of as a, as a setup uh, type of option. Um, y- you know, I completely agree with you. The wheels kind of really fell off in that second wild card game. Uh, you had Gossman pitched a really good game and he left. He left nine. I believe it was nine to one. And there was two outs in the sixth inning. Uh, it's easy to kind of dissect that and like, oh, maybe he should have left him in a little bit longer, but kind of everything that could could have went wrong. It did go wrong is the way manager john schneider kind of framed it uh bass wasn't very good in that game they acquired anthony bass from the marlins uh at the trade deadline uh he had a really good season uh but i, I feel like his numbers kind of got a little bit elevated uh after the trade which is never something you want to see uh and the, you know they brought in their one left-handed pitcher um tim Mesa to face Carlos Santana, who's a switch hitter. He hits most of his home runs, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from the left side. So he had to switch it over. He only hit, I think, two home runs from the right side. But he hit a home run anyways. Uh, so that that was tough. Um, you know, I, I kind of still don't think, that, is this a top 10 bullpen in baseball? Probably not. Uh, it's probably closer to 13 or 14. Um, but, but another guy who's kind of flashed and has been – really good for the most part. He didn't have a great outing last night in Houston, but it's another Canadian guy, Zach pop. He's from Brampton, Ontario. Uh, And he's another guy they got in that trade with the Marlins uh, along with uh, Anthony Bass. He's, he's got uh, an interesting delivery. Um, You know, he's mixed up his pitches. You know, they weren't even sure if he was going to make the team because he does have some options. They thought it might be, uh, you know, maybe Trent Thornton or or someone else uh, who's been wildly inconsistent, but Um, if he could be part of the solution, uh, I definitely think that it it can improve matters. And I also think, you know, they've got a couple guys kind of waiting in the wings, uh, in Buffalo, Jasper, uh, Zulueta is what is the guy who I'm kind of thinking of that he's their number three prospect right now. He's 25 years old. He's got pretty electric stuff. If someone like, you know, Trevor Richards or something like that, uh, or, or maybe even pop because he does have options. If they falter or there's some injuries, he's a guy that you might see, uh, and, and he's a guy who can be a multi-multi uh, inning uh, reliever out of that pen. So, um, yeah, they, they do need some some uh, more than just a couple options, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. That's something I'm certainly uh, not. That that's that could be a strength of the team, but right now it's not. So uh, we'll have to kind of keep our eyes on that.
1: Overall, how would you grade out the management situation? Obviously, you know, you change courses midway through last year. How would you grade it currently?
2: I, I like John Schneider. You know, I think uh, he tries to he definitely try to mix things up. You know, you never want to uh, keep it status quo when you, when you take over, uh, from a manager who's been canned um, even if you know if it's on a good team they, they had a winning record they were just going through a really rough patch I think he likes to run uh, the bases he likes to take calculated risk you see a lot of first to third uh, moves on a base hit which is cool uh, to see and and it's not just with anyone if it's if it's Belt or Alejandro Kirk running he's not going to tell him to go to third base because they they are both slow runners but if it's someone like Kevin Kiermeyer or maybe Whit Merrifield you're going to see him you know uh, send, send the runner, uh, if he's at second base and there's a base hit that goes through, uh, the infield there. So, uh, that's something that's good to see. I've also noticed that he's been giving the starters a bit more rope. Uh, in the last game that, that I went to last weekend, it was Kikuchi and he, he was solid through five. I can't remember how many pitches he was at, but somewhere in the 80s. I thought he would get the handshake, but he actually brought him out for the sixth and he went one, two, three to his credit. So I think he gives the, um, you know, the bullpen that, that kind of shot – um, sorry, I should say the starters that sh- that shot in the arm of confidence. And and they've responded so far. Um, you know, a- as you guys know, it's a long season. You don't want to use the bullpen too much uh, if you don't have to. And just little moves like uh, last night, uh, Kirk got a base hit and then he, he put the pinch runner in. They only had three hits at the time. They put in Espinal as the pinch runner. Went Merrifield doubles into the left field gap. Uh, Or left field corner, I should say, and he comes all the way around to score. Obviously, it looks good when it works, but um, I think that was a really smart move because of of how uh, little offense they've been able to generate in that game. Just you want to make sure that you're uh, getting your best shot on the base paths out there. Um, and, you know, Danny Jansen can always come in and catch uh, the, the last couple of innings, which, which he ended up doing. So I, I like what I've seen. I think he tries to keep it fresh. Obviously, we've got Don Mattingly uh, in the fold as well, which a lot of people kind of raise their eyebrows at when he was brought along. But I don't think he's got his eye on, you know, taking his job or anything like that. I think he wants to be part of the solution. He wants to be part of a you know, championship winning staff. And uh, I think he could only help.
1: Another guy that you're going to need to help in a championship win here would be Alec Manoa, but it has not been a successful first four starts, to say the least. Here, walk rate way up here at about 15%, strikeout rate down to 16%. Expected, you know, batting average, slugging, ERA, all down within that bottom 20% here. And Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, we were discussing this a little bit the other day these issues were kind of extending into the end of last season as well. So what really is going on with him in your eyes?
2: Uh, that, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, LJ, you know, I just think he's not executing. He's not locating his pitches. Um, you know, he had this unbelievable streak entering the season of, of pitching at least five innings, and he's failed to do that, I, I believe, in three of his first four starts. He, you know, he's given up a lot of hard contact. He's given up, uh, obviously, base hits, extra base hits. Um, I still think he he's going to be able to work his way through it. But, you know, it's the classic thing in baseball that you see. He's been so dominant over his first, um, you know, 40 starts or whatever it was going back to uh may of 2021 when he made his debut against the yankees um he's been so good i think the league now has a book on him and they've been able to adjust to a lot of his stuff um but but i also think like i said it it comes down to him not executing his pitches not hitting his spots uh maybe not having uh faith in some of his pitches um and I do think that the, the pitch clock could have something to do with it. He seems – he's one of those guys, even though he's, I believe, only 24 years old, he, he likes to take his time. He likes the finger uh, signals. He didn't like the pitch calm last year for a lot of the season. So I think it might be throwing him off a little bit, and uh, he, he might be rushed. I also sometimes think he gets a little bit too amped. Uh, I think we saw it in, in the playoff uh, series against Seattle. He had a rough first inning. Um And, and, you know, in the first game of the season, the the home opening or, sorry, season opening game against St. Louis, same thing. He had a hard time in that game. He didn't get out of the, uh, I think it was, he only pitched three and a third or something like that. Um, I was actually of the mind that Kevin Gossman should have been our number one starter. I I just think he's got better stuff and he's a little bit more level headed. Um, You know, if you're going to award someone for last season, then, then why have a competition? You know, Gossman had a better spring. And he looked sharper coming into the season. But it seemed like this whole thing of like, well, Manoa was a Cy Young Award uh, nominee last year. So we're just going to give it to him. And and, and I don't know. I, personally, I hate it.
1: Brandon, do you have anything else to toss in here?
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, we did a fantastic job hitting really all, all aspects of, sure. of, of this.
1: So I guess just um, a couple more questions. Then what do you think necessarily is the ceiling and what do you think is the floor and what's the difference there for this group? Uh,
2: I mean, floor, I I think, you know, this is a team that's won 90 games, uh, 91 and 92 games the last couple of years. So if they if they take a step back from that, I think it would be a huge disappointment to the you know the front office, the, the players themselves, the, the you know the fan base. So I think getting back to the postseason is the absolute floor, um, ceiling. I mean, sky's the limit. World, World Series. I think this is definitely a World Series, uh, you know, contender. Um, some people might might not put them up there uh, with the likes of. Well, obviously, the Rays are, are playing unbelievable baseball right now you always got to consider the Astros even though they haven't gotten off to a great start and you know some teams in the national league as well like uh Padres and Braves uh maybe the Brewers or whoever you want to say but you know at this point we're only about 20 games into the season the season's really starting to take shape uh and we have a very long way to go so um yeah i definitely think the sky's the limit but they just kind of kind of got to keep it steady they've had a few Lopsided losses this season, but they all count as as one loss. So they're just going to kind of turn the page when that happens. Um, but you know, I think this is a, a team that could definitely win the division. But this is, in my opinion, it's always the best division in baseball. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Rays they, they could win easily over a hundred games with with the pace that they're on. So um, to me, as long as they get into the tournament. And then, you know, you want to be playing your best ball at that time. But, you know, that's that's a long way away, as, uh, as we both know, as we all know.
1: All right. Well, one more time real quick for anyone who's joining us or joined us late. Where can we find you?
2: Yeah. So, like I was saying, uh, jaysjournal.com. Uh, you can find my articles there. I usually come up with uh, – two to three articles per week uh, on Twitter at bus Wallace Um, check out the other uh, writers we have there. We're a really solid team of writers, like I was saying. Uh, So yeah, uh, be happy to interact with you on social media and real quick guys, I wanted to say, do you remember the like Yahoo sports used to have live baseball on on their website? Maybe this is a thing you guys don't remember, but sorry, I was listening to some of the show you guys were talking about and it was great. It would, you know, they'd be like, now we're going to take you to Baltimore. You know, we got the Orioles and, and the Dodgers and, and it, I don't even think it had a host. It would just go between, it was kind of like, you know, game surfing or whatever it was called. It was, it was really cool and it was free. Um, and, and then, you know, they pulled the plug on that, but it was, I want to say like around twenty twenty fourteen 2014 or something like that. Um, I like, Anyways, they should bring it back because it's a great idea. Yeah. You could maybe have a studio host or, you know, just maybe have it once once a week or whatever. But it, it, essentially, you guys have it. You could almost have someone at the Switchburg, like, okay, let's go to Tropicana Field. We've got the Rays and the Giants, you know, whatever. So um, it'd be really cool if they could bring something like that back. Because, um, you know, for people who love baseball, m- maybe you have MLB uh, premium, but if you don't, you're just picking whatever games are. are you could find. Right. So um, maybe we could work on that or <laughs> get MLB.com or, or some, uh, some billionaire, uh, you know, to, to, to get on that, but I've taken up too much of your time already.
1: By no means. It's been great talking to you. And again, there's no better sport to do that with uh, Graham. You have a wonderful night and we'll definitely keep in touch.
2: Okay. Great to be with you guys again. Have a good one. Love See the you. rebrand. Thank you.
1: Again, just so great to get to talk to Graham again. And if you are listening on, and I'll have to make sure to clip this part in to the clipped version of this with just Graham's interview and wondering what he was referencing there at the end, go ahead and check out the full live show here on our YouTube channel to find out a little bit more about what we were talking about there. I mean, it's just baseball feels like such a no-brainer to do that style show. In my eyes, it works better than football ever would for that because there are more high tension moments in this sport than anything else. But now that we're out of this segment, we're going to move into a couple topics. This isn't normally the way we're going to run our show with a actual news topic in this live, but certainly probably the biggest story we've seen in a very long time. Now to bat, The Oakland A's have purchased land in Las Vegas. Brandon, are the A's finally breaking up with Oakland?
0: Yes. And LJ, you know how much I hate Oakland and their owners and everything. You hate the Oakland
1: Athletics. You do not hate Oakland. Let's not make that clear.
0: I hate the Oakland A's baseball franchise.
1: All the people of Oakland, California – we we are supporters of you. We care about you. You are a hundred percent. We would we love to have you guys listening. So thank you, and we respect you. Yes, we do not hate you. We just hate the Oakland Days.
0: LJ, let me tell you right now that this might have been one of the coward. It was the one of the most cowardly ways that they announced how this happened. That they bought land in Las Vegas and that they are officially moving. LJ last night this news came oh, out wait,
1: hold up brandon have they officially said that they are moving or
0: they they have the words come it.
1: out and have that has it been improved by major league baseball
0: <laughs> no but okay. It's, you're, it's, you're just trying a, to establish fact here they're a
1: fact-based show
0: yes is the nonsense section lj nonsense are, section no. we'd have nonsense right here lj they are 100 percent leaving anyways um they, they dropped this information last night at 2 a.m. East Coast time. So 11 o'clock uh, Oakland time. They don't tweet it out on their official account or their PR account. No, they go through a journalist and the journalist posts a screenshot of a notes app. A like basically a notes app apology. They couldn't even do an official press release. They wanted to bury this so far. I talked to a few people today who are, I would say a little or probably above average in terms of uh, baseball knowledge. They didn't even know that this was happening because it got so buried by this team to joke what they're doing. They saw that fans wanted to pack the place, uh, and I think they said they were going to do that this weekend and th- it, it just goes to show they legitimately hate their fans there. And I feel so bad because for a club with so much history, LJ in Oakland in the dominance in the seventies and then, you know, generational names there like Ricky Henderson, Mark McGuire, you know, Barry Zito starts his career there. Uh, the whole Moneyball era. And for it to, end like this with just the owner trading away every single good player that that team has had the last few years it's sad it it just really is because the lj the oakland san francisco sports rivalry i think is so cool just given the the proximity of the cities
1: the proximity of the cities the history i mean again we're talking about a uh rivalry that survived through and went through a natural disaster together while playing each other. I mean, the history there is insane and you're right. It is a shame to see them leave to touch on your point there about the cowardice of the A's, the way that they dumped this. First off, you know, you're not doing a fully effective job as far as I'm concerned. If you're not doing it on a Friday night, if you're not doing it on a Friday night, you are not trying,
0: but, Thursday night at 2 a.m. or Wednesday night at 2 a.m. is pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty hard to see it then. It's
1: hard to see it, but like you give them so much time. I mean, this is already everywhere on Thursday and it's going to continue to be everywhere on Friday. PR needs to do better. But the other point I need to make here is there are other ways to do this where it gets buried. First off, you could just make the post because you're the Oakland A's and you probably don't have that much of a following on in social anyway. I could be like completely pissing somebody off here by saying that they don't have any, but I would be willing to bet they're in the bottom ten among Instagram and Twitter followers.
0: All right, LJ, ready? Let's play a quick game. I'm gonna look it up. How many followers do the Oakland A's have on Twitter?
1: Oh my gosh! Can I can I do one thing first? Can sure. I look up the Red Sox just, or can I give yes. a look up a similar team and guess? Yes.
0: Look up, look up any team, but Oakland. Okay. Yeah. I got the the Oakland number right. On Twitter? Yes. On Twitter. 550,000. 613,000. Was I within your margin of error? How far, how close? Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty fair. Um, For comparison, the Yankees have three point eight million. I looked I looked at
1: Seattle actually at seven hundred and I'm like
0: Dodgers have two point five million and the Red Sox have two point two million. Okay.
1: Yeah, again, it's like, you know, not only that, but like Instagram. You can turn your comments off. Yeah. (laughs) My school was in the middle of a little bit of controversy a couple weeks ago within their athletics and They turned off their comments on posts made that mildly included some of that controversy. Like, you can do it, and, you know, people will notice that your comments are off, but at the end of the day, no one's going to say boo. So you could have done that, made the post, gotten over it. Honestly, Friday night Instagram post with the comments off isn't going to go that far. Like, it's going to go far because only as far as being the Oakland A's gets you. That's as far as it's going to get. As for this, I need to make it very clear that Rob Manfred will need to step in with this team. I'm not sure if he's capable of it. I don't know if he has the, you know, the balls to, but Rob Manfred will have to step in when it comes to the athletics. And we can talk about the naming afterwards, I think is a fascinating uh, situation here, whether you stick with the A's when you go to Las Vegas, but. He's going to have to step in, and here's why. What's the beauty of Las Vegas? There's a lot of people with disposable income. There's a lot of people on vacation. There's a lot of people with disposable income on vacation. Do you know what people with disposable income on vacation like to do? They like to go out to events and entertainment. Gamble. (laughs) And gamble. Two things that you can do with a baseball game. And so that's the beauty of the Golden Knights. That's the beauty of the Raiders. That's the beauty of whatever expansion team ends up moving to Las Vegas for the NBA is they're going to be full every single day because there are new people that just want to go see something. Like I would be willing to bet for a larger market of people, there are more people interested in going to an Oakland A's game right now, if it was in Vegas, this exact team then would be some of these shows that sell out in Vegas. Like people are just going for the sake of going to do something. And a lot of them will choose this. And so what you end up with is you end up with 81 games that are sold out every year. You're rolling in the dough in Las Vegas. And it doesn't matter what you put out there. You could put out a 60 win team for 15 straight years and you're still going to have great attendance numbers and you're still going to make a lot of money because people are just going to keep showing up because they need something to do in that city. And for the good of the league, you're going to have to make Oakland actually invest in this team and invest in the roster because they are already making profit by going with this limited payroll in Oakland. Now they're going somewhere where they don't need fans. You will not need actual fans in order to sustain a successful business model when you're in Vegas. That's the beauty of it. You're going to need to force them to incentivize them to spend this money.
0: Yeah. And until the, and until they're sold, I really don't see John Fisher ever, ever spending money. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw today, LJ, he's an heir to the, to the gap fortune. Which
1: wait like gap is in like gap baby gap gap uh, baby. I'm
0: yes, I'm I think that's what they that is okay. fascinating. Of all the of all
1: the depart or clothing store chains to be an heir to, gap
0: let me yeah, the Fisher family remains deeply involved in the company collectively owning much of its stock.
1: as a person who used to shop at gap kids i apologize for having contributed to this man's success yeah i, I want to make a public apology here as i did do a lot of shopping as a child at gap kids is it gap kids or kid gap
0: i don't know it's a good question
1: because it's baby gap you'd think it would be stay in the front but it doesn't sound right either like kid gap just sounds like you're missing a kid yeah <laughs> you ask your, ask your kids to line up and you're missing the middle one
0: um, Elton, I don't have anything else on Oakland. I get tired. I, I
1: of do actually. Um, um,
0: what do we have?
1: Oakland A's. Are we going with the Las Vegas A's? Are we going with the Las Vegas Athletics? What do you think happens here? This is your chance to, you know, play a little predictor.
0: I think they'll stick with with A's.
1: Anything else to add?
0: Just I don't know. It's. Okay, so all the fans that they have in Oakland.
1: You gave me six words.
0: I was LJ. So all the fans that that are in Oakland, like they're obviously not gonna support this team anymore. They've been, you know, completely disrespected by their, their ownership. Maybe it is best to switch the name, but also like I don't know. In it's I'm trying to think when teams have moved. Like, in the past few years in sports, have they changed their name? Like, Chargers, no. Raiders, no. I guess, right, when the Winnipeg Jets, whoever, whatever team they were before, was that the Atlanta Thrashers, maybe? Yes. Okay, so they changed their name. I'm going to say no. I
1: think if we're talking historically, we're talking probably 50-50. Yeah. But we've also been in a unique era of expansion. So there hasn't been a lot of teams moving around of late. And again, football is also, you know, a very relative situation. I'm also going to go with no, I want them. Or actually, that's a better question. Not will they. What would you want to see as well?
0: What would you want to see? Ooh. Uh, I'm always a big fan of let the fans vote on it. I feel like that's a that's a pretty fair way to do it.
1: But but you're in Las Vegas. You don't have fans. You have passive spectators that roll in and out. LJ, people fans.
0: live in Las Vegas. You do know that, right? There's people that they actually live there. They, they're not just there on vacation.
1: The core of your group. I, I, I would be willing to bet there are probably going to be less season ticket holders. Or there will be the same amount of season ticket holders in Oakland as there were in Vegas
0: actually scratch
1: that because there's going to be a lot of affluent people who'll buy season tickets and just come in and out when they please but what would you like to see let's say you let's say you theoretically are one of those people who live live in Las Vegas what do you
0: see it it would definitely be some pun on on like a gambling isn't the WNBA team there the the, the Las Vegas Aces? Yeah. Yes. They'll be they'll they'll um, if if they switch it, it'll be some something corny like that.
1: Honestly, I also think that they will keep the name, and you know I don't think necessarily it's going to be a disrespected. <laughs> oh, no one will follow us because you know the diehard fans, half of them will have their heart too broken to keep going the others won't be able to stop themselves from continuing to support this team. And there's also, you talk about that run in the seventies. There's still certainly a lot of people who became fans of that franchise. Then there are still fans now across the United States. And if, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't still currently live in Oakland, then you have no reason to get mad about a team relocating <laughs> or unless your family is still there too. But like if everyone in your family if no one is if you don't have a connection to that city and your favorite team moves, it shouldn't be the end of the world to you. Also in terms of relocation, Oklahoma City Thunder just popped in my head.
0: Oh yeah, from Seattle, yeah.
1: Um so overall I think that's a reason you don't need to change the name. I think on that same thought, this is a team that while they have not had success recently, has a lot of prestige. I would say, you know, the Oakland A's logo is one of the more rec- recognizable logos in baseball. It still has a reputation in that name, that team, as being a legacy team in baseball. Also, how about, life, like, the
0: cool jerseys, LJ? Like, yeah. amazing jerseys. Like, color scheme, jersey, fits really well together.
1: Who wouldn't want to see that continue? My proposal <clears throat> for a new name would be to maybe even lean into it a little bit more. I've said this on here before. I would love to see them go Oak, or Las Vegas Athletic Club. Still be the A's, but as an official name, go with Athletic Club. I think it's classy. It's sharp. I've had people give me positive reviews on that name today. So I feel like this would be a slam dunk if you just went with the Las Vegas Athletic Club. Still call yourself the A's. You can still call your use all, all of or most of the same branding, and you get the best of both worlds. But that'll wrap us up into our final topic here. Our first top three, bottom three of this. I think this, if especially if this works out well here, we're going to start this as a semi-regular series here on these live shows. Top three, bottom three. Brandon, top three and bottom three starts to the season. Would you like to yeah. start? Go ahead and nominate a top... How we're going to do this here, and I'm making up the rules to Brandon as he goes so he can accept or reject these rules. We're each going to give two. We get one veto among the two for top and bottom. So like, we'll start, you'll give a top and you'll give a bottom. Okay. And then basically... What ones we don't decide on will go into a vote for what the third one will be on our Twitter.
0: Okay. Um well LJ, I think
1: So what's for, your, what's your top start of the season?
0: Top um it's the Brewers. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that's that's my top. Is the group well? I mean, this run—they have a good run uh, differential. Finally, they've been playing a lot of games on the road against teams above 500, and have really held their own. They're they're nine and four on the road, which, like in in baseball, if you play, if you win sixty percent of your games at home and you win fifty percent on the road you have a somewhat okay chance of making the playoffs. Uh, If you play above 500 on the road, you have a really good chance of making the playoffs in my mind. LJ, they're just really well balanced now. They finally got the pop that they need. Uh, Whether it's from guys like William Contreras, uh, even Luke Voigt the last few days has been stepping up. uh, Brian Anderson, uh, had a hot start to the year, uh, and Will, Willie Adamas just this guy just just actually rakes like. I'm sorry, what did you say? He actually rakes. He's just a very one more time. He he rakes LJ. Thank you. Uh, also, how about the Wade Miley signing and just adding a random lefty to your rotation? Uh, of course, right now they are down both Brandon Woodruff. Uh, and Adrian Hauser, uh, and also uh, Aaron Ashby. He he just had to get uh, surgery right uh, at the beginning of the season, so he'll be out. So quite a few starters down, and it's like, okay, we have Wade Miley, LJ, 18 innings, 14 uh, Ks, three walks, and a 1.5 ERA. Of course, Corbin Burns is Corbin Burns. He's, he's amazing. Freddie Peralta. Also has uh, been looking really good. And then you move to the bullpen, Devin Williams, LJ. Still not a lot of run. The airbender, the screwball, whatever you want to call it that he throws. It's really like a a screwball changeup. It's filthy. Uh, And just a lot to like. And also, let's not forget Luis Urias, uh, 60-day IL right now. He'll be back at some point, and uh, he was kind of raking a little bit last year too. So impressed with what I've seen from uh, the Brew Crew so far, LJ.
2: Yeah,
1: and the best part about it that you know I really want to highlight here is the strength of schedule. I have gotten into a mode where I feel like this, you know, this Cubs team has turned the corner to being really a respectable group. You get the win in that series on the road you beat the Mets, you beat the Cardinals, which have been a thorn in your side for the division for years. And you beat a Padres team that a lot of people are picking to win a very competitive NL West. Oh, and and the Mariners too, for, you know, good measure. Why not, why not, why not just sweep the Mariners? So this is a strong schedule. If you were a Brewers fan, you must've been groaning about this schedule with your only, you know, your only rest series being the Diamondbacks here, three games. And the Diamondbacks have been prone to blazing hot starts the last couple of years. So, you know, you definitely don't want to turn that much off. And again, as I'm saying, the Diamondbacks are a rest series. This is the team that is leading the NL West right now. So, like, that isn't even necessarily a rest period. You must be, you know, you're catching a breath right now, both having the off day and knowing you get three games against the Red Sox, three games against the Tigers, and three against the Angels as your next three series to end April. Oh, yeah, and you go into the Rockies the week after. Nice. So, like, those are four series that you should – I mean, is it fair to say they they, they should get nine wins out of that? That almost feels underperforming them.
0: It'd be like nine wins in twelve games, right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's pretty fair. Eight or nine. I mean, if you go eight and four, or nine and three, you're you're really rolling. It's baseball. It's pretty volatile, especially at this point in the season. Still,
1: Brandon, who's your bottom team?
0: This is actually tough because I want to like I don't want to just pick a team that we thought was going to be bad. I'm doing like bottom three start based on like relative how we thought to what they were going to do this year is picking Seattle like i don't know they're they're 8 and 11 uh still have a positive run uh differential but have not played well against teams that are better than them to say the least uh at least teams that are 500 uh you know they they're still really good uh talent wise but the offense is just not it 24th in OPS as a team 17th in runs scored 20th in home runs you would think with adding a guy like Teoscar Hernandez who's been one of the premier home run hitters in the MLB over the last couple seasons uh that your home run stat would certainly be a lot better than 20th in the league uh Jared, Jared Kalanick, LJ, Jared Kleenex has actually started out pretty good. Uh, right out. So yeah, pretty more than, hot.
1: More than more than pretty good. I mean, this is a guy with what 980 OPS right now?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's raking. Um in the pitching, like Luis Castillo's been on fire to start the year. Like really good. Pitching's not been a, a problem. It's just this offense is not very deep right now. I mean, Tommy Listella's your option at DH. Colton Wong has not hit at all so far this year. JP Crawford is uh the definition of mid at shortstop. I mean, he's he's okay, but right,
1: that's not fair after the there's season. There's just so
0: many better him. options than him. I don't hate him, but after I mean the
1: season he had last year. You need to
0: Okay. Yeah, up good up. season last year. He's struggling. So far this year. uh, Yeah, LJ, just the lineup depth scares me right now for them.
1: It's all right to scare you. I am going to use a veto and push this into the three spot, though. Just Ooh. because... Or into that three competition. I, I see your concern. Obviously, this offense hasn't been what we've wanted to, but this offense... Really kind of started slow last year, too. This wasn't a lot of people were loving until after the All Star break. Uh, Julio Rodriguez certainly doesn't play his best baseball in April. We know that. And he's going to be the engine that makes this whole thing go. So I'm going to pump the brakes on this one, especially considering the pitching looks to be what we were hoping for it to be. And that's being said with Chris Flexen underperforming. This is still a top 10 rotation with Chris Flexen under underperforming and a whole slew of new guys added to that bullpen. So I am going to use the veto here, but moving into my top and bottom, I'm going to go with the Rays. We talk about, you know, Milwaukee getting all of these great results against, you know, top competition. And I'm going to agree with you. That is, you know, very impressive, but what the Rays are doing here too is as well. They haven't played the best teams. You know, you go ahead and you drop that series in Toronto, but at the end of the day, you're still taking care of business. You're going out here. You start this undefeated streak to start the year. You still go in your winning series in Cincinnati. I have a feeling they're going to clean up the white Sox in both series that they have in the next week. So, All of a sudden you're still looking at this team playing not only just winning games, but winning games decisively a plus 83 run differential already to start the year. We're still in April, Brandon. These are unreal production that we're getting out of an offense that just did more of them. They didn't go out there and try to be everybody else. They found what they knew would work for them and it's paying off right now. The Rays, 100%, as Graham said, have a good chance to finish over a hundred games right now.
0: Yeah, the the Rays, I'm definitely not gonna use the veto or anything there. LJ, their team hitting stats so far this year among all 30 teams, they're first in average, first in on base percentage, first in OPS, first in runs scored, first in home runs, uh Pitching first in ERA, first in case per nine, first in hits per nine, first in home runs per nine for, from their starting pitchers. I mean, that's pretty significant. And you've got just some of these guys that, I mean, the the roster construction with Tampa Bay is just so far ahead of some other teams that, uh, you know, they're down a lot of pitching right now, a lot of pitching and they're still like just hanging in there, like playing really good. And it's like, Oh, well, how long is this going to last for? It's okay. LJ. They only have four top 60 prospects on their way up through the next few years. Uh, And it's a scary team, really scary. And, you know that the way that they manage, they'll always be hanging around there towards the end of the season, uh, but there's no slowing them down right now.
1: Certainly. As for my bottom team, I'm deciding between two because one is the obvious take, and it's the team that's somehow being better. They're better at being bad than the Rays are being, being good right now, and that's saying something. But I'm actually not going to go there right now. I'm going to go to Detroit Tigers mostly because I can't explain their record. Brandon, this might be the worst 7-10 team I've ever seen. I'm not sure if you've watched a Tigers game so far this year, but I will tell you, you don't want to. I'm not sure how the headline on the Tigers website right now is Tigers see promising signs. With walk-offs, dominant pitching, and sparkling defense, the Tigers hit the road confident after a 4-1 homestand. I just – I don't see it. None of this team passes the eye test. This is going to be a miserable, miserable year in Detroit. I feel bad for them. Frankly, this is more – this is more an indictment on the Giants, the fact that this 4-1 homestand has happened, than anyone else.
0: LJ, um, the Tigers are, are not good. Worst offense in MLB so far this year. Not a surprise. Um, I mean, they added three guys over the offseason. Nick Mayton, Zach McKinstry, and Matt Veerling, you know, when all three of those guys are starting, that doesn't do a lot for me. I, you would hope that you'd only have one of those guys in your lineup. Carrie uh, Carpenters, your DH right now, that's it's a little scary. It's a,
1: tough, it's a tough scene all around.
0: It's a tough scene.
1: At least you have that rotation, which, oh, guess what, also is not performing.
0: It, and is so hurt. I mean, you're talking about injuries to Scooball, Mize. Manning, and then Bo Brisky, also uh, a guy that had made a little uh, a few appearances. Austin Meadows on the IL, who is one of your better hitters with some anxiety issues. Uh, I mean, at least Eduardo Rodriguez. We got the resurgent tour, LJ.
1: At least he's
0: back with the team. <laughs> He pitched really good the other day. He like that. That is the dominant pitching that they're talking about. He's been the one guy that's been dominant.
1: And I will say, I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before, but Spencer Turnbull did have a good start.
0: Okay. Recently, yeah. Love Sponge he, did have
1: a good start recently.
0: Yeah. He still has a seven eight five ERA, but exactly. But it's okay. <laughs> that's,
1: if anything, that makes me more confident in making this take. And that that line was. Five innings, one earned, six strikeouts.
0: Hey, there we Against go Tor-
1: in Toronto. The rest of them have all been three runs or more. However, I will still say this: if Eduardo Rodriguez mysteriously disappears again this year, this team has nothing.
0: Literally, no- LJ, where where is Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green? Like, what are we waiting for here? How long? How long can we play this game?
1: I mean, here's the thing. It's not like the Angels, like, or or Seattle. Like, with Seattle, Kleenex isn't that good. Guess what? You can send – you have plenty of reason to send Kleenex down so we don't have to watch him just be feeble up at, at the
0: plate. <laughs> feeble. You you can't be saying that about uh, Jared Kellenick now. He's I can actually, and I will. He's been good. El he's De-
1: been great this year. But can you or can you not? Call him feeble when he came up.
0: Spencer Torkelson is pretty feeble right now, LJ.
1: But what do they have to lose? The Angels have always been at least pretending, or excuse me, the Mariners were in contention when one of our favorites was trying to come up with the Angels here.
0: Joe Adele.
1: Of course. They have always been at least pretending to compete.
0: They can yeah. Have-
1: they can't have a guy like Joe Adele sitting there stinking it up while they're trying to compete. And so they have to send this guy down until he's actually ready and, like, ripe enough to – you have to put him back on the vine until he's ripe enough to get the job done. With Detroit, they have nothing to work with. They have nothing to lose. You have no reason to send these two guys down. You, In a perfect world, all of these guys could develop on the major league level. Like the best thing for these guys to, the best way for these guys to develop if they're ever going to be stars is seeing major league pitching over and over and over again until it eventually clicks. The Tigers are in a unique situation where they have that luxury. And that's that saying itself is why they are 100% a lock on this list.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Joe Adele, LJ, eight home runs in 17 minor league games so far this year, 1100 OPS. In triple A, okay. he it's been him and um oh, the name of the Red Sox player, Rosny Castillo. They can they can battle it out for uh minor league player of the year.
1: Brutal. So, Brandon, we already have two, so that means whoever we mention here is going to jump into that uh third spot vote category. Who's your next nominee
0: for? good starts for good start uh kind of tough here uh you know for for the sake of content let's 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 do it the texas rangers lj uh i mean like whoa like the rangers you know i saw them doing a lot this off season and was asking a few people i was like are the rangers like what are they building in there, LJ? What is what is going on? Um, what,
1: do, what are they doing in there?
0: Yeah, what are they doing over there? Uh, a lot, and it's it's working. the The offense is second in the MLB in runs scored. Uh, yeah, they had those few like real. They had a really good opening weekend, but you don't end up still being second in runs scored at this point unless you actually have a good offense. We're getting to a point where the sample is almost there. Uh, like, yeah,
1: the Sox are third and run scored.
0: Yeah. You know, if you guys could pitch, uh it'd be a big, big You
1: can't you don't notice. Like I I would have told you we were top 10, but third just You, you don't notice.
0: Well, LJ, the Rangers The Rangers you know, they made Three free agent signings in terms of starting pitching. And they've all been pretty good. Uh Andrew Heaney. I mean, the the, the week. Your voice. Yeah, LJ, if you don't mind, pull up the last two starts that Andrew Heaney's had. I'm working on it. He's been great. Jacob DeGrom. All he did the other day was throw like four no-hit innings before getting uh taken out because he was hurt but he's okay now, I guess. And Evaldi, sure, the high ERA, but the thing I'm looking at, 24 Ks to only four walks in 21 innings. So he's got his stuff, uh, and that ERA is going to come down. Evaldi's a great pitcher. And this bullpen, like, they got some guys in this bullpen, LJ. They
1: got some guys being dudes out here. Uh,
0: Dane Dunning, 15 in a third innings, and has not allowed a run yet. And he's not even in your rotation right now. Uh, Josh Boers, uh, four and a third innings with no runs. Jose Charles Leclerc. Uh, that's what we want to call him. Um, Jose put Leclerc. Put
1: your money on Hamilton this weekend, by the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's due. I'm
1: telling you right now, he's due.
0: Jose Leclerc, seven innings pitched, no runs allowed. Uh Oh, yeah, they got Will Smith, too, uh, LJ, the um, re- reliever Will Smith, who's been good. So, they just got names. And two of their better hitters, Mitch Garver and Corey Seager, are, are both injured right now. And, yeah, LJ, there's a. I think that the Rangers, am I going to say it? Say it. Do it. You won't. Do it. You won't. Rangers are kind of legit. The Rangers are legit. You Rangers are pretty them. legit, I think, this year. I think that they're going to be the team. They're, they're The Rangers this year is what Seattle was last year, I think.
1: Good. And your bottom team, I'm 100% on game with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we already talked about them. Do we have to? Like, do I? It's it's Oakland, right? This was the team I
1: was gonna say because, again, (laughs) I'm not. This Tampa Bay team is. This is one of the best starts I've ever seen. Somehow they have been worse. They have a run differential farther from zero than the Tampa Bay Rays do right now. How? I'm confused.
0: But you were 151 saying 151 runs allowed LJ. I mean, Ugh. that is LJ. The second highest runs allowed in the league is Colorado. And they've played 10 games at home already. 151 runs that they've allowed in 19 games let me do a little quick math they're allowing 7.94 runs a game is that bad lj i
1: i I can't believe the numbers you're saying well they're just impossible
0: lj you, you know they go and they sign shintaro fujinami from japan uh did, thanks from japan he I did he got, stuff he got blown up in his first start their closer right now according to fan graphs is zach jackson who was a rule five pick in 2020 uh by way of toronto i mean there is just no one in the it, I mean, they they do have a lot of pitchers injured. Trevor May anxiety, uh, he's out right now. That was their big free agent signing. Um, but at this point, LJ, like, just call up all these prospects. Like, who who cares? Just
1: give them a shot. Like. Why not?
0: Let the young kids play. I you're starting one, two, three, four, four starters over the age of 30. Like, why? Just at that point, you know. I'm sorry. Oh, Brandon, Jesus Aguilar. LJ Jesus Aguilar. He's he's finished. I mean, this is this is this is sad.
1: Brandon. If you start the young guys, then their clock is already running.
0: <laughs> oh no, LJ. Oh no.
1: It's just basic strategy, Brandon. Why don't you understand?
0: Well, this is my, how you
1: read in baseball.
0: My, my guy, Estéore well Ruiz, already at five steals, finally getting the batting average and on-base percentage up there. Uh, yeah. A dark
1: horse for rookie of the year, I'll tell you.
0: Honestly, yes, if he can somehow steal some bases. Um, but it, the... Lineup protection he has is negative, so um, he has negative,
1: he has minus lineup protection,
0: yeah. It actually hurts him being like being in this lineup, it doesn't help whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's 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 Oakland LJ, and well. LJ, weren't the Reds last year like three and twenty-one or three and twenty-two or something? Like it was, it was worse. Yeah, but they weren't shipping off to Vegas. Like all of the contracts (laughs) (laughs) coming to play here. Yeah, they, they, they have already thrown in the towel on the twenty twenty-three season. They haven't just
1: thrown in the towel in the twenty twenty-three season. They've thrown in the towel on the entire city. It's
0: pathetic. Well, I'll say okay, I just looked it up. I'll have you know the 1988 Baltimore Orioles um, started off 0 and 21 to start the season. Also, now I think about it, the Reds they split that series on an opening weekend last last year with the Braves, right in Atlanta. Right. It was the they were playing the reigning World Series champion. <laughs> <laughs> and they took yeah, two Because or three. Because in
1: typical World Series, post World Series fashion. Honestly, Houston's the first team I can remember in a while that hasn't gotten absolutely blown up game one. Max Freed got blown up. In, it was in, was it in Cincy? Yeah.
0: No, no, it was in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. They, uh, Freed got blown up and then, uh, Ian Anderson took a, took a beating on that Sunday, but then they proceeded to lose 10 in a row after that. Then they beat St. Louis and then they lost another eight in a row.
1: All right. Well, to kind of get towards get further towards wrapping this up as we're 15 minutes away from our, our our hard out deadline here, I'm going to go ahead. My next nominee to drop into that third spot. This will be for the votes. Um, Atlanta Braves. Yeah. We're talking about a team with 14 and 5 record, 8-2 and two in their last 10, a run differential only a hair below Milwaukee right now. And at the end of the day, can you blame them? They've gone out, they beat Washington, they've beaten Cincinnati, they've got Beaten in Kansas City. The teams that they were supposed to beat, they took care of quite easily, I believe, only having one loss among them. Yes, one loss to Washington among them. And then, can you entirely blame them for their competition? Because their competition, we thought, was going to be good. The Cardinals, they sweep. They end up splitting. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They lose a series to the pot, the Padres and then go ahead and beat them in san diego two weeks later but either way they're most partially to blame for the bad starts that the cardinals and the padres have had in in a way like you talk about oh weak competition why are they weak because they lost all these games who beat them who made them lose these games this really good team and that's kind of where the Braves sit right now
0: yeah they're a really good team uh I picked them to win the NL East Acuna is going off Matt Olson really having a great start to the year uh I love that Sean Sean Murphy trade that they made it made so much sense and uh yeah you know when we talked to the uh, bat flip guys and I believe it's uh Damian right here. he's he's the uh
1: the Braves fan, yes. The
0: Braves fan, yes. Uh, sorry, I forgot how to talk there for a minute. Uh, he was kind of concerned about the pitching staff in that first week, and they've really done nothing but just do really well. Uh, the starters are seventh in e- in ERA. The bullpen, top five in ERA, whip, walks per nine, hits per nine. Uh a lot of arms that they can definitely bring out there. Joe Jimenez been uh, pretty solid. Uh, Dylan Lee also good out of the bullpen. So once they get a money Mike Harris back, the offense and the lineup get even longer. Uh, and scary team to say the least. We we've we've known that they've been the you know exceptional for a few years now. Obviously.
1: And then my last piece to toss in here for a bottom team, the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Not, not going well here. And really, we talk about there's two paths to being semi-successful if you're the Colorado Rockies. I'm not 100% convinced there is a path to success. But to being semi-successful, you either need to find a way to make your pitching staff good enough to eliminate course, or you have to out-course course. What do you think the Colorado Rockies are doing right
0: now? The, yeah, they
1: are neither eliminating cores nor outcores in cores, sitting with the 25th most runs in baseball, the second worst starter ERA, a bottom 10 relief ERA. You've got fi- finally got your closer back, which is a thank- a thankful. Oh, run.
0: yeah, thank then- God. He's not going to need to close out any games anytime soon. No,
1: yeah, he's pitched one inning. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a joke. You basically have, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of quality to start off here, maybe Kyle Freeland, who knows, will prove me wrong here with the hot start he's gotten to. But it basically feels like you've got Daniel Bard, Chris Bryant, and Charlie Blackman I'm struggling to find the redeeming qualities of the rest of
0: this group. Well, LJ, what the the a really good thing is is that so they actually had a Hall of Fame third baseman on their team. Really, but they traded him, so they definitely got some really good prospects or players from that, right? When they traded, when when they traded the Hall of Fame third baseman, um, I would think so. They also paid fifty million dollars in the deal. Oh, so, then
1: they must have gotten an absolute bag for this guy. Uh,
0: yeah. They,
1: they sweetened the deal.
0: Uh, yeah, big time. They're paying his contract. Um, you know, LJ, Chris Bryant is just so irrelevant now. It's sad. I love that guy. LJ, when he was on the Giants and they were really good in 2021, the Chris Bryant hype train was like kind of coming back for a minute there it was when like he got traded and it was like oh like fresh start for chris bryant uh here we go and then it was oh i'm happy for him he's got he made a bag but must be pretty miserable
1: no and again if you're the rockies i haven't seen them doing it but when you have so little around the rest of your team i mean you know you're not going to remove jerks and pro far from the lineup probably you're not going to r- remove crone the rest of these guys very expendable this is a man who can probably just about play every position out there you find the most opportune lineup and you put him at whatever position is the worst like you put him at your weakest link on any given day just kind of should be the way that they're operating but with that being said, is that about a good time to wrap things up here? What were the two locks we had? We had four locks. Um, it um, was Detroit and Oakland.
0: Oakland. The yeah. bottom. Yep.
1: With it was.
0: Atlanta is a lot. No,
1: no, no. For the bottom, who were the two oh. votes?
0: Oh, uh, Seattle.
1: So we've got. Detroit and Oakland is locks with Seattle and Colorado in our vote in, which you will be able to find in the coming days on our Twitter. And then on the top side,
0: we have. Atlanta's a lock.
1: Atlanta is not a lock.
0: Or Atlanta's not a lock. Sorry. The lock. Atlanta
1: uh, is Atlanta's in the play in
0: alongside Brandon. Your team was. The you of vetoed the Brewers. So they're also in the play in. Correct.
1: No, I accepted the Brewers.
0: Oh, I thought you vetoed, or who did you veto? Oh, no, you love vetoed Seattle. Okay.
1: It's the Brewers and the Rays, with, oh my gosh, how am I already forgetting this? Either way, we'll have that stuff up yeah. and presented on our Twitter in the coming days. You guys all go ahead and enjoy your okay. night. And we will see you Monday for another great show.
0: I'm going, everyone.